0: Turn to Psalm 131 and Philippians 4. If this is your first time here, I ask you to turn to two passages every week and hold a marker at one. So we're going to begin at Psalm 131 and then we'll end up later at Philippians 4 and we'll also go through a lot of other scripture in the message. We began a new series last week entitled Elevate, Breaking Through to New Levels in Life. And, and the five levels that the Lord gave me that we're going to focus on are faith, family, finances, freedom, and fun. And we're going to talk about going to a new level. This week as I prayed about this series, the Lord spoke to me very clearly. I'm going to spend four weeks on each of these topics. I'm going to spend four weeks talking about faith. I'm going to spend four weeks talking about family, four weeks about finances. And if you need a breakthrough in the area of family, then you'll have a four messages that you can get the CDs and you can listen to and allow God to do a breakthrough in that area of your life, all right? This week, the title of the message is The 15-Minute Breakthrough. Now, I didn't call it The 15-Minute Breakthrough because 15 begins with F. I just want to go ahead and clarify that right off the bat, all right? It's because I really do believe that there's something that you can do for 15 minutes every day that will allow you to have a breakthrough in any area that you need to have a breakthrough and allow you to go to a new level in life. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. If I told you that you could do something for 15 minutes a day, and if you did that for 15 minutes a day, you will, without a doubt, experience miracles in your life, would you do it? Okay, let me go ask these people over here because they, <laughs> they didn't say anything. If I told you that you could do something for 15 minutes a day, I'm a little upset with them right now, for 15 minutes a day, and you would, without a doubt, experience miracles in your life, would you do it? Okay. All right. That's what I'm telling you. I promise you on the authority of God's Word, if you'll do this, you'll experience miracles. Now... They may not be the exact miracle that you want, because can I tell you something? Sometimes the one we want is not the best one for us. And if we'll just let God give us the miracles we need, it'd be a whole lot better. So 15 minutes. Now, what am I talking about? Well, I'm going to use two words that, have, that kind of make us cringe when we use these two words in the church. And the reason they do is because most of us have had a bad experience in this area, all right? We're going to talk about how to have a quiet time. Now, let me explain to you why immediately we kind of... Because many of us have tried to have a quiet time, and it didn't work out, and it wasn't very good, and we hear other people talking about their quiet time, and we kind of envision that when they have their quiet time, Moses and Elijah and Jesus show up, and, and it's, it's powerful, and it's awesome, and their face glows, and it's all these things. And we just don't have quiet times like that. And, and some of us have had quiet times where we fell asleep <laughs> in the quiet time, and, and it just wasn't powerful. It wasn't all that we've heard it to be, and so we've kind of given up on that. That's just an area that, that I'll just never be able to do. I, I'm a Christian. I love God. I serve God. I come to church. But this thing about a quiet time, I'm just never going to have one like, like these other people have one. Well, I, I, I understand that, okay? I struggled in this area. I, I, I tried to have a quiet time. I knew I had, needed a quiet time. So I went. I bought some books and some manuals on, on how to have a quiet time. Now, now, this is, first of all, amazing to me, that there are manuals on how to have a quiet time. It really seems simple to have quiet time, you know? But I got these manuals, and 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 what they really are—they're not. They're, they're, I did not find anything good out there. Maybe there is now. At that time, I didn't find anything good on how to have a quiet time. What I found was intercessory prayer manuals. That's what they were. And if you want to be an intercessor, there's all these manuals because they had these journals, these prayer journals. And I had a list of people I was supposed to pray for every day, and I had to, and I had to do paperwork. You know, I had to I had to fill out. Uh, forms, Well, that was, that's not, I don't like paperwork, okay? That wasn't like it was something that was helping me. And I filled out these forms, and then, you know, I had to pray for elected officials on one day, and I had to find out who all the elected officials were. It was like I had homework, you know? Um, and, and, you know, I had to pray for the dog catcher, and I had to pray for everybody, every elected official, and then I missed a day. Well, now I'm behind. <laughs> i, I got to go back now and pray for thursdays people too and then and then I, I went on vacation and forgot to take it with me. I mean I was shot. you know I was so far behind and, and I, I dreaded it. I dreaded going to that room and opening that manual and doing my paperwork and all the you know that and and so and then I started having headaches and I started having uh, uh, migraine headaches and tension headaches and stress headaches and sinus headaches and Every kind of headache you can have. I had headaches, and I went to the doctor because I thought I had a brain tumor because it was hurting so bad. And they did CAT scan. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I know my my life is funny, but I'm telling you the truth. This lady came from after service. Sometimes people don't realize how what they say to me how it comes out. You know, she said to me, "I just love your sermons. I love the humor you use." She said, "You know, your whole life is just one big joke." <laughs> well. Anyway, this is my life, all right? So, so I'm having these headaches, and I'm trying to figure it out. I go to the doctor, and the doctor said, there's nothing wrong with you. It's tension. It's stress. And I said, it can't be stress. You know, it is. And so, and, and can I tell you something, too? It, it's not normal to live with headaches. Now, listen to me, because some of you take a lot of Tylenol and a lot of ibuprofen. It's not normal. Your body is trying to tell you something. You're stressed out. You have tension. You have strife. You're going to have to learn to deal with it. And this is the way I, I've dealt with it. This is it. And so I said to God, God, what, what do I do to get over these headaches? I need to know. And this is what he said to me. Spend time with me every morning. He said, your stress is like a snowball. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And every day you're supposed to be casting your cares on me. And you don't do it. And here's what I said to him. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. You're going to teach me. So I'm going to teach you what he taught me. Okay? I'm going to tell you what he taught me. The first thing, though, I want to do is I want to blow away some myths about quiet time. All right? There's three myths that about quiet time I want to tell you. Number one, you can only have a quiet time from 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. <laughs> okay, this is a myth. I, for years, I used to travel and I used to preach revivals and and. And, and crusades and things like that. I was noticing Bobby James out here he used to travel with me, and he sang and did the music for these revivals and all. And we would, we would be in churches in the evening, and the service would start at 7, and and we'd, we'd uh, worship, have praise and music, and then preach, and then an invitation, and we'd have people saved. Sometimes we'd have uh, uh, over a 100 people saved, you know, in a service. And, and it was exciting. And then we'd go out to eat afterwards, and we wouldn't get in bed till 12 or 1 o'clock every night. Well, you can't get up at 4... When, when you go to bed at 1, you know, I, I was an evangelist. That, I worked at night. I worked nights. That's, that was my job. And so I, I, for years, I was a, a late riser. I'm, I'm an early riser now, but I was a late riser for many years. And I used to get around my minister friends, and they didn't do revivals every week. So they were early risers. And they would talk about, you know, when they would meet with God. And, they, you know, I was meeting with God this morning at 5. And, and, and another one, I, I was meeting with God at 4.30. I meet with God at 4.30. And it sounded so spiritual. Doesn't it sound spiritual when someone says they get up and meet with God early? And don't you feel just terrible? Don't you feel like a heathen when you're around people like that? You know, I was having a quiet time at 4.30. I wanted to say to him, so was I. <laughs> it was very quiet <laughs> where I was. Just a little bit of (sighs) was about all you could hear, you know? So I just never quite did that. Listen to me. You're not going, if you show up at seven, God's not going to say, we're closed. You should have come earlier when the spiritual people were here. You can have a quiet time at any time. Any time. Whatever day, time of day you want. I do suggest the start of your day. And now, for me, when I say the start of my day, I take a shower first, so I shower before my quiet time. I think God appreciates it, but I shower, and then I go into a room. I'm fully dressed, walk in the room, but before I do anything, before I open email, I'm telling you, it's hard to have a quiet time if you open email first. Before I, before I talk to anyone else other than my spouse in the morning or my children, before I do email, before I, before I do anything, I have some time with God, that's my key. That's my secret, okay? So that's first of all, you can do it at any time. Second myth is your quiet time must last at least one hour. It, there's nothing in the Bible about it one hour. I know there was a famous prayer teaching, and one time the name of it was, "Could you tarry for an hour? I thought for a shower. <laughs> but not to pray. I I can't pray for an hour. I know spiritual people do, but I don't. And I'm the pastor. And let me tell you why I don't pray for an hour. I'm a bottom-line person. Hopefully you you believe that when you hear me preach. I'm not a long-winded talker. I'm hopefully not a long-winded preacher. I try to get to the point. I like when I'm talking with other people for them to get to the point. (laughs) Hint, hint. (laughs) Uh, And sometimes I know why some people don't get to the point. (laughs) I figured that out because there's not one to get to. But anyway, that's that's okay. God made us all different. So uh, I get to the bottom line. So my prayers are very bottom line. You know, I need help (laughs) now. And so they're just real quick. You You don't have to. It doesn't have to last an hour. Here's the third myth about a quiet time. Your quiet time journal must sound like the Bible. Boy, have you, ever had, have you ever had people read from their journals to you? They're awesome. They're just unbelievable. They just, you know, this, this, we were in a minister's group when one of the guys said, I want to read something to you that the Lord spoke to me this last Tuesday. And he started reading and I thought, that's incredible. I mean, I've never heard anything like that in my life. The, the depth and the, the, the poetry of it. and the, It was just awesome, you know. And, and so I, I thought, I wonder what God spoke to me on Tuesday. And so I went back and I opened up my journal. This is what I'd written. Try not to be a jerk today. That's what the Lord spoke to me. And it probably began, began with, hey, you know. It was probably when I was walking out the door and the Lord said, hey, hmm, try not to be a jerk today, would you? Okay, I better write that down. Okay, I want to give you four steps to start, Okay. Four steps to be able to start. And these are the things that I believe the Lord showed me. And this is what helped me to now have a quiet time. Number one, quiet your mind. Now, you could put in parentheses, clear your mind. That might help you. But I'm using the word quiet because it's supposed to be a quiet time, not a busy time. And those manuals that I had made it a busy time, not a quiet time. It's supposed to be a time when you slow down some. And in order to do it, you're going to have to quiet your mind Your your soul. Let let me show you a scripture. Psalm one thirty one verse two. David said, "Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul, like a weaned child with his mother." And we're we're going to. I'm going to. This is a very important phrase, and we're going to come back to. Like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. And then look, Psalm sixty two. You don't have to turn it, but Psalm sixty two verse one. Truly my soul silently waits for God. From Him comes my salvation. Verse 5, my soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from Him. He's telling his soul to be quiet. He's telling his soul to be silent before God. To wait. This is what we, we read last week, how David inquired of God. David knew how to inquire of God. And the first way was to tell his soul to be quiet. Your soul will try to talk to you. When you're supposed to be trying to listen to God. It's the same thing, last week I said nearly every sentence that God says to me begins with the word, hey. Maybe I thought about that sentence. Maybe it's because my mind thinks that way. Maybe it's just my mind. In other words, my mind does the same thing. I'll be trying to meet with God and my mind will say, hey, 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 you've got to call that guy back. Remember he called seven weeks ago, you had not called him back yet. You've got to call that guy back. hey. Hey, you got to do this today. Hey, think about this. Hey, what about this idea? Hey, 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 you ought to pick up your cleaning. It's been there six months. You've got to pick up your cleaning. Hey, hey, hey. You know what I'm talking about? You're trying to pull away and, 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 and kind of have a quiet time uh, with God, and your mind is, just keeps going. This is why some people have a difficulty falling asleep at night. Because their mind keeps going. Can I tell you something that will help you? To get your mind to stop so you can fall asleep? Quiet times. Listen to me. Your mind is continuously going. It's always going. Always running. And if you can learn to stop your mind. To say to your soul, stop it. Be quiet. Be quiet. I'm going to listen to God now for a while. Not you. I'm going to listen to God. See, David said, My my soul is like a weaned child with... His mother. Now let me explain something to you. All right, your soul is however old you are. Your soul came about at at, at creation. I understand our souls are eternal, but it it came alive when when you were conceived. Your spirit came alive when you were born again. For for me, uh, I'm 43 years old, so my soul is you know 43 years old and something. Okay, a few months or whatever it is. I got saved when I was 19. And I got saved February 16th, 1981 in a motel room, by the way, Jake's Motel, room 12. So that was, and the reason I said February 16th is because someone was mentioning February 16th uh, in our staff meeting this last week. And I said, that's my birthday. And they said, I thought your birthday was in July. I said, no, my birthday is February, February 16th. And I said, I'll be 24 years old. (laughs) It's true because I started over (laughs) 24 years ago. So, my spirit came alive 24 years ago. My soul's 43. You gotta understand, my soul was in charge for 19 years. Then my spirit came along, and my spirit said to my soul, We're not acting like that anymore. We're not gonna do that anymore. You understand? And my soul began to say, Ah! <laughs> the same way, what would a baby, what does a baby do when you try to wean that child? Throws a fit. That's what it does. That's what your soul does. When you say to your soul, be quiet. Be quiet. My spirit's going to be in charge now. Your soul will throw a fit. Now let me tell you what this verse says. He said, I've calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. The child's weaned, but the mother's holding the child. Listen to me. Your soul, if it's not in the bosom of God, will be throwing a fit all the time. The only thing that will calm your soul... It's to be held by God. That's it. We need, to be, we need to wean it. We need it to grow up. But we have to come to that place where we, hold, where we just get, are held by God. So every, the first thing I do is I try to clear my mind. I try to clear all my thoughts, push them aside. Um, I have my, actually have um, a, my a computer program open, Word, so that if a thought comes in my mind, I jot it down and then I go right back to, to meeting with God. See what I'm saying? Now I can let that go. Okay, cleaners, cleaners. And now I go right back to God. See? But I try to clear my mind. I'm not getting spooky on you when I tell you what I'm about to tell you, okay? I feel my breathing rate slow down. Literally. I feel my body begin to relax. And that's what I do. I get to that place every day. You want to talk about helping your stress level? This will help your stress level. Every morning you meet with God. So the first thing I do is I clear my mind. Second thing I do is focus. Focus your mind. Now, I got these steps from the Lord. You don't have to do these. This is just a start. It's an idea. It's a suggestion. But I said to God, and God didn't put it in this order, but I'm putting it in where all of them say your mind, and the reason I'm doing that is because that's where the battle is, and I want to help you remember these points. But I said to the Lord, okay, he said, he said just, just clear your mind. First thing you do, just clear your mind. I said, okay. Then he, I said, then what I do? This is what he said to me sing. I said, excuse me? He said, yeah. I said, I said, next thing you want me to do is what? He said, I want you to sing. And I said to him, have you heard me sing? <laughs> he said, yeah, I have. I want you to sing. Now, now listen to me. Just, just flip back just a few pages to Psalm 100, okay? We're going to get to Philippians 2 in just a moment. But just a few pages back, Psalm 100. Very easy, Psalm to memorize. By the way, if you're trying to look for scripture to memorize, it's only five verses. It's very simple to memorize. Well, it's it's you can it's more, but you can do you can do whatever you want to do. But I just we have five verses here, right? Psalm 100, verse one: Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Come before His what? Presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures to all generations. Five verses, that's all it is. Now, okay, here we go. Come before His presence with singing. How do you enter God's presence? Singing. And so, I said to the Lord, Well, Lord, what song do you want me to sing? And listen carefully to me. This is going to help you tremendously. I said, what song do you want me to sing? Here's what He said. The one you wake up with. And immediately the Lord began to just give me this revelation. Now I want you to think about this. Here's what the Lord said to me. Every day... I give you a song every day. And he said, that song is your key into my presence for that day. Now, think about this. How many times have you said, made this statement? You know, there's this song that's been going through my mind all day. You ever said that? You, just, maybe one of the songs that we sing on Sunday here. You, you just had this song. It's just going through. Now, there have been times that, you know, I wake up and I don't have the song right when I wake up. But when I go in there to meet with the Lord and I quiet my mind, then I'll begin thinking about what song to sing. And a song will come to me. And that is, that is your key into the presence of God that day. And by the way, you may sing that song that morning and still have the song later in the day going through your mind. That's your song for the day. God gives you a song every day. I'm telling you, you just watch. He will give you a song if you will listen for that song. Now... Let me tell you something else about this. You don't have to sing out loud to sing. For some of you, it's, it's great if you sing out loud. For some of you, it'd be better if you didn't sing out loud. <laughs> That's okay. It's your spirit that needs to commune with God. I was in a, a small church one time preaching, and uh, their worship team wasn't like our worship team. Our worship team is very skilled and very talented. Love the Lord, very anointed, but very skilled also. Their worship team wasn't skilled. And, um, it, it, I, I, well, and let will just be honest with you, okay? It was horrible. It, it wasn't bad. It, it had left bad a long time ago. The, the uh, instruments, it, I thought they were playing different songs. I mean, it was just really bad. The person leading was very off-key. And for me to know a person's off-key, then, you know, they're really off-key. Uh it was just it was just bad. And I was just I was just I was kinda talking, I thought to myself, but the Lord was listening, you know? I I was saying, This is boy, this is bad. Goodness gracious, this is bad. And then something else happened, I think, oh wow. Man golly, I said this is horrible, God. And I'm telling you, this is horrible, God. God, this is horrible. Boy, they need help in this area, you know. And then I remember all of this just came out of my mouth. I just said, who could worship? How could a person worship with music like this? And I happened to just, I was glancing around, and I saw this woman to my right with her hands up and tears streaming down her face. And the Lord said to me, she is, and you're not. You're standing here complaining, and she's worshiping me. And then he said this. Now, I, I don't know if I can prove this doctrinally, okay? But I really feel like this is what the Lord said to me. I feel like he said to me, Robert, you need to understand something. When a person sings, I don't hear his voice. I hear his heart. And he said to me, I'm not flesh and blood. I, I'm, not, I'm not human. I'm spirit. Those who worship God must worship in spirit. He said, I hear your spirit. I don't hear your voice. He's, and just think about it. I thought about it. all In that moment, I could think about someone standing up with this beautiful voice singing, but their heart's not right with God. And someone else standing up and singing with a horrible voice, but they're really worshiping God. Which one do you think God likes the most? The one that's really worshiping. The one whose heart is worshiping. So I'm just letting you know, you don't have to sing out loud, but in your spirit. Why? Why am I saying this? Because it will focus you And it's your key in the presence of God. Come before His presence with singing, with worship. So just sing a song inside to the Lord, All right. Here's the third thing. Pray your mind. Now listen to me. The reason I said pray your mind is because you need to pray what's on your heart. Pray what you're burdened about. Pray what you're concerned about. You don't have to pray for all the senators that day. If all the senators aren't on your heart. Lord, I pray for Senator Hillary today. And by the way, that would be a good senator to pray for. But if, that, if Senator Hillary's not on your heart, you don't have to pray for Senator Hillary. You can pray for your kids. You can pray for your marriage. You can pray for your business. And let me tell you one of the biggest lies of Satan. That when you begin to pray for the areas of your life, Satan will come to you and actually accuse you of being selfish. He'll say to you, boy, you're sure a selfish person. You pray a lot about your business. Here's what you need to say to Satan. Yes, I pray about my business because that's what God's called me to do. In the same way God called some to be pastors, He called me to be a contractor. And yes, I'm going to pray about what I'm doing. And I'm going to pray God blesses my business so that I can be a blessing to my family and so I can give a lot of money to the kingdom of God. And I am going to pray about every contract that out there. And I'm going to ask God for favor. You can pray about your business. You can pray about your job. You can pray about your health. You can pray about your, your finances. You can pray about your marriage. You can pray about your children. Listen, you're never going to pray passionately until you pray about something you're burdened about. And that's what God wants you to do. He wants you to. Alright, now Philippians 4. Alright? Look at this scripture in Philippians 4. Philippians 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. That's easy, isn't it? Now, I want to remind you if you've been here coming for a while, you heard me say this hundreds of times, hopefully. The Bible always gives you the answer. It never gives you the problem alone, it gives you the answer. Here, here, he said, Be anxious for nothing. How could you be anxious for nothing? Okay, watch. In everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. That's how you can be anxious for nothing is by pray about everything and let your requests be made known to God. And if you'll do this, here's the benefit. And the peace of God, which surpasses, we don't use the word surpasses a lot, so just think about passes, which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Through Christ. Boy, verse 7 is a. Wonderful verse in the Bible. Think about this. How would you like for the peace of God to guard your heart and your mind through Jesus? In other words, Jesus is standing there at the door of your mind with a machine gun saying, you're not getting in here. He's going to have peace today. That's, That's pretty good. Isn't that good? So, be anxious for nothing. How do you do that? Make your request. Let your request remain known to God. Now, it doesn't say, let uh, everyone else's request be made known to God. It says, let your request. What's your request? See, learn. Just talk to God. Prayer is simple. It's talking to God. It's talking to God like you talk to me. It's talking to God like you talk to anyone else. Here, you you can say to God, God, I don't understand when my 14-year-old responds to me this way. I don't understand. And God, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to respond to her this way. I, I don't understand. God, sometimes I just want to strangle her. You can tell him that. You'll be surprised. He might even say to you, I know the feeling. (laughs) I understand. I'm telling you, you just, you tell God what you're feeling. You will be amazed if you will pour your stresses out on God in the morning, how peaceful you can be during the day. And you'll be amazed when you say, God, I don't know how to respond to her when she does this. When God says to you, I do. I know how to respond. See, i got a whole bunch of kids. And I know how to respond to kids when they act like that. Let me tell you how to respond. And you hear God say something, and you go and you apply it, and you see the attitude in that teenager change. Because God gave you the answer. I, I, it's, it's amazing. I can remember I had a job one time. wasn't in the ministry at this time. had a job, and I said to God one morning in prayer, I said, God, I'm so frustrated. I don't know how to do this job. And you know what the Lord said to me? I do. I do. I said, would you tell me? He said, sure. And he gave me ten things to do. And I started doing those ten things. And the productivity of this area went up just unbelievably. Because God's a good businessman. He knows how to do it. So pray your mind. Here's the last one. Renew your mind. Renew your mind. How do you renew your mind? The Bible. The Word of God. Read the Word every day. Now, look, uh, let me show you the scripture. Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech you. That word means beg. I beg you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. That's another one of those easy things to do, isn't it? No, that's hard to do. How do you do that? You present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your extraordinary service. Is that what it says? No, which is your reasonable service. Okay, well, I don't know how to do that. Now watch the next one. And don't be conformed to this world. How do you do that? Okay, watch. He's going to tell you, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And now here's the benefit. If If you'll renew your mind, you will prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay, here's what he's saying. He says, don't be conformed to this world. Okay, how do I do that? Well, you'll be transformed by renewing your mind. That's how you do it. And if you'll renew your mind, you'll do the will of God. You'll do the perfect, acceptable will of God for your life. You'll be able to do it. You'll be able to live in God's will for your life. But how how am I not going to be conformed? Renewed. So, this is what I do. Every day, I quiet my mind. I sing a song to the Lord. I begin to focus on Him. I pray then whatever's on my heart to pray whatever it is, and then I read the Bible somewhere. Sometimes I'm reading through the Bible in a year. Or sometimes I read a chapter a day. Sometimes I'll read Proverbs. Sometimes, sometimes I'll even say, God, where do you want me to read today? Where do you want me to read today? And I'll get a little impression. You know, I'll get a little thing like, you know, Ezekiel 18. And I want you to understand something. There, I, I've had bummer quite times too. I've had quite times that I didn't think I got anything out of it. But in a way, it's kind, of like, it's kind of like lifting weights. You understand that if you do it every day, sometimes it feels good. Sometimes it doesn't feel good. But if you do it, you're going to see results after a, a period of time. If you read the Bible every day, you're going to see results. I've said to God before, God, where do you want me to read? You know, and I thought he said Ezekiel 18. I flipped over and read Ezekiel 18 and thought, I don't understand that at all. And I know, I know this is not, I know this in good theology, but sometimes I felt like God said, I never understood that chapter either. I don't know why it's in there. Well, I thought you told me to read it. No, you made that one up. Well, what, where do you want me to read? Well, try, I'll try another chapter of the God. I'm going to go back to Proverbs, soon, you know, or something. I can understand it. It's, I've had good ones. I've had bad ones. It, it's a part of life. It's a part of learning. It's a part of growing and learning to hear the voice of God. And you've got to come to a place that you take some time and you read the Word and you renew your mind. If you will renew your mind, you will will then have faith. Now, listen to me. And and I'm I'm almost finished. I was counseling with this couple one time, having marriage problems, and I was trying to tell them how they could have a breakthrough in their marriage. And I was saying to them, God can cause you to fall in love with each other again. He really can. God can change the situation. And they were just looking at me with these blank faces. And I'm pouring it out to them. I'm saying to them, God can do this. And I know He can do it. There's no doubt in my mind He can do it. But what I realized was, they didn't believe it. And so then, they started talking. And while they were talking, the Lord spoke to me. And this is what He said. People who don't know the Word can't have faith. Now listen to me carefully. We read this Scripture last week. Faith comes by faith. Hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So here I was talking to two people that didn't know the Bible. They didn't know the Word. And I was trying to get them to have faith, but they couldn't have faith. Because faith only comes from the Word. From knowing the Word. Listen, you will never believe God for a breakthrough in your marriage until you get in the Word. You'll never believe God for a a, a healing of a situation in your life until you get in the Word of God. You will not, no matter how much I try to get you to have faith, you're not going to have faith until you read. Coming to church and hearing me preach the Bible once a week is not enough Word. You need the Word every day. Read the Bible every day. There will be times when it will. you won't even understand what you've read. There will be times it will jump off the page to you. About five years ago, this April, I told you, is our fifth year anniversary as a church. Five years ago in September, this past September, September 16th, 1999, I was having my quiet time. Just like I'm telling you, having my quiet time. I said to the Lord, when I, after I prayed, I said, God, where do you want me to read? He said, Genesis 35 and Deuteronomy I 11. I felt like I heard those two chapters very clearly. I know now that I did. I opened up and I started reading Genesis 35. This is what it says. Move to Bethel and build an altar for me there. And here's what the Holy Spirit said to me as soon as I read that first, first verse. Move to South Lake and start a church. Just like that. Just like that. And then I kept reading on down about this. This that you're going to build is going to be this and this, and it's going to do this. And the people are going to a, a, a company of people, and a and a company of nations will come. And I thought about all the churches we're going to plant, and all the things. And all this came out of that quiet time five years ago, a little over five years ago. I had a quiet time. God spoke this. Listen to me. This is what I'm trying to tell you. You are here today because I had a quiet time. That, that's, that's how simple it is. I'm in my quiet time one day. Now, here, here's what I want. And listen, my whole destiny in life was changed. Everything was changed. It's wonderful. I'm, I'm living my dream. Here, here's what I want to ask you. What's five years down the road for you? Do you know God knows? But I wonder if you're even giving Him an opportunity to tell you. And I wonder if you're going to miss it because you're too busy to just give him 15 minutes. Just 15 minutes. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. What's God saying to you? What's God saying to you? I know many times in January we make these New Year's resolutions. Could we make a resolution, not by the new year, but by the Spirit of God? To say, Lord, I'm going to meet with you. not going to have to have this manual and go through all these things, but I'm going to take some time and stop every morning and talk to you and let you talk to me. And the way He talks is through His Word. These four steps that I've said are, in essence, these are the four steps. Shutting out all other voices. Focusing on God. Talking to Him. And then listening to Him. Him talking to us. Would you make a commitment? That you're going to give Him 15 minutes. And if you can't start with 15, start with 5. I'm pleading with you. At least give Him five. Lord, I pray that each of us will have a breakthrough in this area. In Jesus' name, Amen.